Hi, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and our guest today is Will Bain, a consultant with Bingham Group. He recently joined us to spearhead our multi-state efforts, as well as back us up on local and state affairs. Welcome to the show, Will. Thanks, AJ. Well, good, man. So where, where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Lovely, lovely. Uh, well, man, you know, our paths across probably several years ago, I think right when I just got started in the lobby and you might, I think you were with the board of realtors at the time, right. um, but can you give us a quick recap of just where, you know, where you've been recently and, and you know, your past work uh, locally and at the state level? Yeah. So that it's totally probably too, probably I believe. 2011, 2012. Yeah, um, that time. yeah, I was with the Austin board of realtors and the government affairs shop. Um, which I believe is still the largest trade association in central Texas. Throw them some props. Uh, prior to that, yeah. I'd been doing some contract lobbying in Oklahoma. That's where I'm from. Went to OU, uh, moved to Austin on a whim, and landed that gig, which is uh, what I was doing around the time we met. Made a jump to a national health association, the Brain Injury Association of America, um, to oversee their state division affairs and later took on um, marketing communications and public affairs. So I was the national public affairs manager for five years and last year made a pretty hefty jump, which is how I landed in Phoenix to go work uh, in the tech sector for Turo, which is a car sharing marketplace, um, which was crazy fun, crazy action, huge state portfolio, lots of Lots of work um, and a lot to keep up with, but really interesting, interesting times. Uh, it's a mobility marketplace, obviously, so it got hit pretty hard by COVID. Um, I'm just going back to my roots as a contract lobbyist while we see how the world changes. Yeah, and on that note, that you know, that kind of uh, segues into that conversation, or a few conversations we've been having in the last several weeks about just the change. Well, what the impact of COVID will be on on the lobby uh, nationally, uh, statewide, and federal, or nationally, nationally, statewide, and locally. And I mean, it comes down to access, right? And I know, I mean, you've covered uh, beyond Texas, you know, ten different markets, state markets. And uh, I love your perspective on what you're seeing from colleagues in different states. You know, as certain states I know are had had or will have legislative sessions going on um, this this spring or in the summer. Uh, yeah. And that, that has those things may affect uh, our state capital legislation, Texas, Texas legislation cycle, uh, starting in January, um, today's seven session. And then we can talk yeah. too about just some local things going on locally in the city of Austin and some of the things I've been seeing as well in the with city of Dallas and city of Houston. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think when this started, everyone is, no matter the business or industry, I think everyone was so focused on federal legislation, federal lobbying dollars more than quadruple that's everyone yeah. flocked to quarter, dc yeah yeah one that was with the cares act lobbying and defense of you know tourism airlines i mean i, I got right. the numbers from politico they were substantial right i mean it, it's it's crazy dollars um and yet you still had all these state legislative sessions active that it kicked off in january february i don't think that it, most of them knew what was happening until March 8th to 15th. That's probably when that started to take off, um, which is interesting. And 
those that are smart shut down, those that weren't as smart kept going. Um, what am I seeing around us, or at least the states that I was servicing? Most of them got the budget done or worked on the budget, took a recess and went home. Maybe they're coming back to do a little bit of policy work before they adjourn. Maybe they're still working on the policy. Oklahoma's interesting. Um, that was probably the most interesting for me. I was in Oklahoma working on a bill when the Utah Jazz Oklahoma City Thunder basketball game was shut down because oh, yeah. of COVID. Um, yeah. the, the Utah Jazz player tested positive. And that was, for me, that was like the, the awakening of it. I didn't think it was, I mean, I knew, I knew it was coming. I didn't, I don't know that I recognized it was as real as it was. And I want to say that was March 10th or 11th, somewhere around there. Um, and it seems like things just, it just slid downhill immediately. So yeah. um, Oklahoma session adjourned pretty quickly. I think they uh, activated where they could vote by proxy from home. Um, and sent all non-essential employees home and locked the doors on lobbyists. They did that in Arizona as well pretty quickly. March was just crazy in, in all of the states in which I was active. Pennsylvania was the first state, um, and it was in my portfolio, the first state to do proxy voting. That shocked me. I didn't even think that was possible anywhere in the country. And now... Was that, um, was that just, well, was that just so, like, as in I could vote, just, you know, I'd have a... What was, yeah. what was that set up like? Like, so is it like teleconferencing into the House floor or calling in the House floor and voting with my phone? Or what you, would what, you see? I want to say that they set it up where they would have either staff or I don't know if they call them pages in Pennsylvania, but they, they would have someone on the phone that would run in and punch the, you know, they'd appoint someone that could go in and punch yay, nay, or abstain. But they, they were the first that I know of to do that. And that was early in March. Um, legislative structure, a little bit different, at the, the calendar rather. Uh, but just when I saw that, I, I thought, this is going to be a weird year. And, and it is, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, the legislatures that are still open, unlike Texas, we're not in a legislative year, so it, it's not as big of a deal. Um, but those that should be in session, they're you know, their cities and states are shut down. They're, they're all of us, everyone in our categories, you know, lobbying the governor or council members to keep essential businesses open on behalf of clients. Um, there's not a whole lot of policy work going on. It's just, it's different. It'd be interesting to know the number of states that have, that have allowed proxy voting. Uh, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. And I bet I too, just, yeah, I would, I would, I would take a bet that a lot of um, kind of the, the degrees on proxy voting or remote voting. I mean, I'm really curious how much it breaks down to with what states are the policies of certain states are choosing and how they reopen. Yeah. Right. Because like, you think, I think about, I think about this, the city or the Austin city council. And so that's, they've been fully remote since, you know, since early March or so they, for right. I think one meeting for one meeting, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a mix of remote and, and people were spaced out in the dais, but now last several, weeks it's been all remote um work sessions yeah. have been all remote people you know the the, pu the public is able to call in and uh, and testify and speak on different items as well as city staff are calling in testify i mean you can't even go into city hall i mean there's very there's, it's very limited who can enter city hall and i you know I, just knowing the city of austin's yeah, desires and what their health policies are definitely run counter to you know to governor abbott's and the states 
Um, I've been, it's been interesting to see just the degree that they maintain that. I know just from my red city of Dallas, city of Dallas and city of Houston have enacted, I mean, there's like social spacing or you know, social distancing rather, but they are mm-hmm. meeting to a degree in person. And I know I just read this week that a, a city council person got, you know, tested positive for COVID. Right. And um, so it will, to the degree that councils can meet remotely, I'm really curious how that, how that develops. And again, all of this stuff we're speaking about, it's speculative. It will, it's, it's playing out in real time. And then particularly, with, you know, with our industry right on the lobby, as we're saying now, well, I mean, we've had a number of calls and meetings the last couple of weeks with folks, and it's almost, it breaks down to the nice and necessary, right? And before pre-COVID with this stuff, um, with meetings, right, it was, the in-person meeting was, um, you know, by and large what you wanted, the kind of the standard. I mean, having to do a yeah. conference call or a video chat or, con- or just overall more uh, blow, you know, kind of pre- perceived as blow off, even though they're just, just as productive. And right. now that those we're seeing, right, business government still meeting, they're voting, they're, you know, there's contracts being procured, all things business still happening. Right. In this, in this setting, um, I really am just curious, we'll see how it plays out, how much of this is maintained. Because the reality is, I mean, you're, you've been in Phoenix you're, the whole time and we're you know, conducting business in Austin and elsewhere and nothing, you know, nothing's uh, been any different in the quality. Right? Exactly. Information flow. And it, it's, it's, it's so funny. Uh, we don't have, <clears throat> it's, it, I believe this is true across the country for state lobbyists, municipal, you name it. We're not walking the halls. We can't do an office visit if, you know, you, you have to have an appointment to get in the door. And at, even at that, I think the appointments are pretty hard to get. So this, this idea of fostering access, which is ultimately a large part of our job, as I see it, um, we have to transition to the digital age quickly and efficiently, uh, more efficiently than, you know, it's easier for us to move there than it is for state agencies. I'm sure they've run into their share of trouble. Um, I'm sure the voting in a lot of these legislat- legislatures has been, has been tough because um, it's new for them. It's the first time it's ever mm-hmm. had to happen. But ultimately, I think it breaks down to how do we keep that access alive? Um, I think it's, uh, it'll be interesting when the legislative session starts in 21 in Texas to see what's in place. Um, you know, the optimistic side of me wants to believe that this will be in the rearview mirror and things will be back to normal, but that could very easily not be the case. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful it's, I'm hopeful it's gone and everything's great. We don't know. So and we'll, yeah, on that end, we, we know, we know, you know, if in a perfect world, we, we, you know, if things were relatively normalized, we know that playbook, right? And as I've talked right. to you about, like in the last couple of weeks is that's kind of, we know that, but what is the uncertainty? Yeah, the uncertainty is what, how do we operate if it's, from if it's a middle ground to if it's just worst case scenario where it's all virtual, right? I mean, right. You know, and again, there's it's it's an interesting influx point for the industry that you know it, it's almost like there are certain things like there are election cycles that come that you you know there's always going to be a shift to a degree, right? It's happened that we all know, right? Once in a while, I mean, maybe the speaker this year, you know, Speaker Bond and uh, Snafu and after a year and only I don't know, one session of his belts probably was probably the biggest inflection point because of what that meant in terms of having to, you know, mix that with um, 
a potential November election where you have a slight Democratic majority, yeah. those things were kind of the, the biggest inflection point. But now you have those two things layered on top of all of this and what it means in terms of even access, right? I mean, normally you and I would, you know, we have our staff or contacts. We, you know, you, you make, you make, you know, you use the next six months to connect with folks, get coffees, have, you know, have drinks, whatever it may be. But and you walk the virtual. halls. You're walking yeah. the halls. You're saying, you're, seen, you're, you're seen. making contact. They, they see yeah. you, you see them with, I mean, without that, that's, that doesn't mean that the game doesn't continue, but. But how do you even see it, right? I think that's the point. And again, exactly. it's not, it's not, it's something where. Our industry, I think, overall, has been really good. It's really quick to adapt, adopt rather, uh, adapt, adapt to the new technologies that further mm -hmm. our objectives in terms of the speed of transformation and so on. But this almost, as a, you know, speaking as an entrepreneur, is something where you have to really readjust, at least for the, you know, for the lot, there are certain lobbyists or the kind of the top elite that they're, you know, it, they're, they're known, they're an entity of themselves, right? Yeah. Um, for folks who are, are uh, uh, the, the upstarts like ourselves and firms like that, I mean, we've got to get creative, yeah. right? which I enjoy, but it's, so it comes down to, and again, I'm not going to give away any of our tips for that. I think, you know, you're not talking about what, what we want to do, um, but it comes down to if you can't meet in person and there's, you know, how, how are they going to know who you are? And particularly you know, local government, municipal lobbying, it's a little easier. The, the crowd isn't as, it's not, it's not as crowded as a field. At the state level, as you and I both know, at least in Texas for sure, you're dealing with hundreds of voices, contract lobbyists, association lobbyists, internal folks, stakeholders, the public, and there's a lot more voices um, that now, because everything's digital, the cost to, the cost of competing is a lot lower, right? I mean, Right. Facebook ads and so on, getting down and coming down from like Waxahachie or, 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 you know, East, West Texas to come to Capitol, physical time was the biggest constraint for a lot of people. That's why you had us. But if that's no longer on the table, that proximity, the proximity value goes way down. I mean, I'm just making up a, you know, a term of proximity value goes way down, but it is, it comes down to it. It is your, your digital strategy, your digital assets, and the degree that you have eyeballs on you and by virtue of that on your clients, right? And, yeah, you know, there's multiple ways to do that out there, you know, but it, it comes down to I think any firm would be, any firms already aren't already thinking about that uh, should be, um, and in, in anticipating some kind of hybrid, I mean, speculating right, some kind of hybrid session or even hybrid state of play for local state lobbying. Um, yeah. Best case scenario, if things look normal, we all know that playbook. We all know old school lobbying, walk the halls. You have the you know headliners club. Awesome track club. your bill. All those show things. Up where you're track your bill. Show up. Count your votes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Get on telecon and all that stuff. But yeah. But the proximity part, I think, is going to be, again, right? If a staffer can meet with you by phone call or uh, or a member uh, virtually and lower their, you know, and, and it, as we know, right? This is going to be. This is a political. This is a politicized issue. Even wearing a mask or those kind of things are political. So I'm sure you'll have various offices that they want you to come in, you know, exactly. mask and everything else. And you'll have some that, you know, just prefer, unless it's something, and I don't know what would be that's so high up there that they need to be in person, they couldn't just do on the by a video chat. Yeah. And that, and maybe I answered my own question there, because probably actually, we're seeing, if what we're seeing now plays out, you're probably going to have a mix of offices that just prefer not to meet in person and will do, you know, some kind of, 
forum like this and some that are going to be very much uh, come on in and like nothing, like nothing happened. Yeah, it's, but it's still planning for the unknown. We, we don't yeah. know. It, someone told me um, when, when I first started, lobbying is not you know, this vision of expensive lunches and grabbing drinks or a bunch of people standing around the rotunda waiting to grab whomever. It's the best lobbyists are the ones who are the most informed, the most uh, ready to speak on their issue. And lawmakers know that. They know who to go to for what info. And if you act with integrity, you know your information, you present it well, they, they trust that. And so um, I think that comes in, I think that will come into play a lot more as well. Being prepared, mm -hmm. knowing, you know, knowing the issues, both sides of it, and, and speaking, it, there won't be time wasted, assuming that. Knock on wood. Hopefully, yeah. But I, I think that I think that if we're looking at even a hybrid of, of being able to get in the doors, but you still have to have an appointment or appointments to get in offices, or what do committee meetings look like? Are those going to be virtual? Um, there's there's not as much time to grab someone in the hall and have a conversation. It, it, it might not be as possible. So being that source of information, I think, I think that's ultimately an important part of our job. Yeah. Again, all things we're, we've been thinking about and are thinking about, and I think it's, any, it's incumbent at any firm just on, from the entrepreneurial side to, I mean, always be nimble. And I mean, this, I think there are a lot of opportunities and all this as well as, I mean, we, we know there's a lot of opportunities as well as just in the uncertainty of all of this. Yeah. And, and I guess the benefit of it is more so for firms like ours that uh, it, it, you know, there's no playbook in all of this. So if the kind of right. the rules and the kind of the, and the, there are lessons that we'll learn that will carry on, you know, decades from now that because of, you know, because of all this, everything from even having a you know, remote staff and the infrastructure to, to operate as we do versus having, you know, having a, a central office and those kind of things. And, um, you know, again, it's all, it's all being written day by day and those lessons are kind of absorbed and I think the aggregate will be felt. I, I think by the end of next year, you know, we get to the end of uh, just Q3 2021, the post session, that point we've gone through, a, you know, this, that point firm wise, we've gone through a full year with council, local government and some form of the COVID world. And then after the state stuff, I think the rule book and strategies will, lessons will be have learned and informed up to go forward um, and then you know by 20 by by the a8 by the, i'm sorry the 88th session right yeah no, i'm sorry it is yeah just 20 days it is session so 2023 um you know at that point hopefully we'll have a some kind of vaccine or some yeah actually the we'll vaccine have we'll have to we just yeah. have to plan on that can't predict the future we can only hope um, yeah but in the meantime you know the sausage still has to be made. We, we have to continue. I think mm -hmm. I'm not going to be such a, a theorist to say that, that we're looking at a special session before session in Texas. Um, but I think it'll be an interesting, come January, I think it'll be, or February, it'll be an interesting time. I think not only is there COVID-19, you've got right now anyway, oil and gas revenue has plummeted. That's going to hurt coffers in Texas, plus the surrounding states, uh, travel, tourism, 
is affected at least through Q3, maybe even into Q4 of this year. Um, so who knows what's up for grabs? Not even talking policy, mm -hmm. just just um, getting getting a budget locked down. Who who knows what that'll look like? It'll be yeah. it'll be an interesting time. And yeah, there'll be some federal. Absolutely, there will be federal dollars for the state. They've already come in. They're going to continue to come in, I'm sure. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that trickles down to the local level as we get further into the year. That isn't going to cover the the other budget shortfall from tourism and oil and gas. And I think that's something that'll be really interesting. Yeah, and then even at the local level, I mean, I know the city of Houston, Mayor, Mayor Turner uh, down there is, or over there is, they're looking to do furloughs and some and budget cuts. Um, I would expect a number of other Texas cities. I don't know if it was Fort Worth or Dallas. I read that yeah, I'm hearing talk of, of that happening there too, but you know, nothing's happened announced, announced in Austin yet, but just nationally, a lot cities are hurting. Cities and counties are hurting. Um, yeah. Depending on the market. I mean, obviously ours not having, not having South by we'll see with ACL fest, but that coincides with flu season. And, you know, I, just, I mean, I, at least the, it's on parkland, so I don't know if the city would, would do it, right? If it was a state property, it'd be different, but I don't see, at least from what our public health officials are saying, I don't, I don't see ACL Fest in the fall happening. If, you know, based on, based on what their prediction, I mean, the city, you know, at least for Austin health officials, you know, they, they feel it's a matter of when, not if, a second or a third wave hits. And then they're particularly worried about, I think this, this echoes the federal, at least, um, Oh, uh, uh, the you know, kind of federal guidance too on what what happens if we if it of a bad we have a you know it's a bad flu a quote unquote bad flu season that lines up with this and what that means as well. Right. And again, this is all speculative, right? Because it's just it's just you know it's almost we don't know until we know. But it's these are you kind of plug into things that you know happen outside of a COVID environment, right? We know what a flu season is. We know um, you know just kind of we know what the numbers ACL brings in the proximity and that those things aren't necessarily the best thing in a kind of in a health in a health in a pandemic situation. Yeah. I want to go to the, I wanted to go to the LCL test this year too, but right. it's just objectively looking at what their city officials are saying. I mean, we, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, we can, you know, TBD and see what happens through the summer. Um, but the city officials right now, I mean, I know, you know, we, we saw what, you know, from the Attorney General Paxton's letter last night, they are on opposite ends of what they, the policy should be coming from the Capitol. If they had it their way, we'd be, you know, there'd be no openings right now relative to what the Capitol is asking. And then Abbott, you know, Governor Abbott on Monday is expected to, you know, further have further openings and the capacity for restaurants, uh, movie theaters and, and as such, right? But we know that, I mean, the cities themselves, are not are opposed to that. That's why we had the attorney general last night issue a letter underscoring it. I have no doubt that in uh, Governor Abbott's uh, executive order on Monday, on the 18th, that we won't see more of that too, underscoring that his authority supersedes the cities. Right. Um, like, in, like in Austin, we had the construction, the ban on construction that lasted about three days. Right. right. Yeah, so it, it's well, well, it's happening all over the place. I mean, uh, I was going to say L.A., Los Angeles County. They're saying, I think it, I think it might be the city of Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure it's the countywide. They're saying don't expect events through August. So it could be mm -hmm. the same in Austin. I, I, 
I, I expect that. I hope that we're wrong. I hope that things trickle down next month and we're back to normal by the end of the year. But we, we don't know. We really don't. Yeah. And maybe the, the tail of the tape is going to be football. Because that's okay. <laughs> if football is happening, then, you know, in Texas, then I mean, UT's not playing. Or, I mean, they, if football gets canceled, I think that's, that's probably that's the open bell for no events happening. Yeah. Each of the fall. That's really going to test yeah. the limits. That will. I mean, that's, yeah, that will. That will. And Oklahoma, too, I know. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, thanks for your time. And again, it's been great work with you the last two weeks. And then we have some calls going on. I uh, have to close the week out, so I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow about on those. And all right, maybe we'll just uh, have a, I guess, stay, uh, stay cool out there in Phoenix, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Take care.